0: Hello, my name is Larry Lannon, the writer behind the local Fishers' Indiana news blog, LarryInFishers.com. I started the blog in January of 2012, and it is still going. Four years after that, in 2016, I started the LarryInFishers.com podcast series, featuring guests of local interest. That podcast is still going strong. Now, if you like the podcast and are listening on a platform such as iTunes, I'll just take a moment, rate, and comment on my podcast series. It's time now for the latest LarryInFishers.com podcast. Uh, But Pichens, Swartz, and Weingart, it's an accounting firm, and one of the partners is John Weingart, and John Weingart is the president in 2023 of the Fishers City Council, and uh, John, John, you've been on this uh, podcast more than a few times, so uh, good to have have you back.
1: Well, welcome back, Larry, you know your way here
0: i do know the way that's true i've uh i've been here before you know i, I was just thinking when i uh, was sitting down trying to figure out what i would ask you today that you have served as both president of the fishers town and city councils
1: mm-hmm. more than once i have yeah so i was going to say you know that president's chair pretty well well at least i think i do i, I keep coming back for another term and uh uh, it's it's been uh, been an enjoyable experience, and you know my role is you know running the meetings and you know, providing the you know the the kind of the leadership for the council at certain events, but other than that that's my my purpose i you know we're all in there trying to get things done and and that's really my main purpose is running that meeting and making sure you know i'm there for ribbon cuttings and other events as well well there have been a few of those, and have uh, speaking of groundbreakings in this case. We
0: both attended a groundbreaking ceremony the day before recording this today on the, the 8th of March. Yesterday, the 7th uh, of March, uh, there was a groundbreaking ceremony for River Place. It's a private residential retail development. The city is going to construct a park there and also replace the Michigan Left at 96th and Allisonville Road with a roundabout. There's a lot involved in that whole project. But Here's what I want to ask you. That part of the city has really not seen much development in in
1: recent years. Are we seeing a, a new future for that area around Allisonville Road? Well, yeah, absolutely. There's going to be a new future with this development. It's going to create not only a, you know, shops and retail, but also a park setting that's going to be f- – I mean, I actually went back and looked at this land back there and it's it is literally like you're in the middle of nowhere it's unbelievable um and the 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 townhomes and and what they're going to be doing the roundabout getting you know replacing the michigan left which has always been kind of a a, an eyesore for a lot of people and difficult to maneuver um i think just having that road change will also add a lot of life to that that area as well um and i remember i used my office used to be over in the precedent over at 96 in keystone so i'd drive by there every day and You know, just nothing was happening. And and unfortunately, the original developer obviously took bankruptcy and wasn't able to really fulfill on what their vision was for that corner. So, uh, you know, CRG, I think, is going to do an excellent job. It's going to be really exciting to see, you know, that come out of the ground and really, again, kind of bring that as people come into Fishers, it's going to be something that's really going to be cool.
0: Yeah, in fact, David George, a former member of the city and the town council before that, uh, as an employee of CRG, spoke at the groundbreaking and got a chance to – visit with him for the first time uh, in a long time he was smiling ear to ear he's happy about that project he's been doing some of the engineering work uh, mm-hmm. that's going into that uh, I, I, I i know that that allisonville road corridor that goes from 96th to the north it's being studied by the city staff right now and i my understanding is we're still a few months away from getting that report uh, there are a lot of people who, and I lived not far from there in my first home mm-hmm. when I was in Fishers. I'm wondering, do you have any particular thoughts on how you would like to see that develop uh,
1: as we await the the results of that study? Yeah, I mean, Allisonville Road was has been such a kind of the, the main north-south thoroughfare besides State Road 37 for Fishers. Um, and really, a lot of folks back when I first moved here in 92, 116th and Allisonville was kind of like a, a somewhat seemed like kind of the epicenter of your know, retail and things of that nature. I guess I'd like to continue see that continue hopefully some some good development go through there um, you know some good retail maybe uh maybe another grocery store you know if something like that if someone were to get the, you know if we could get some competitor in there to, to go along with Kroger and kind of mesh well and um, I think there's lots of opportunity to really do it well um, so I just have to see it. I'm really interested to see the study and see what folks that really put some thought into this come up with and rather listen to them and kind of gather their thoughts before I just, you know, kind of give my, my input on it. Because I always like, you know, having experts and, or folks that are really engaged and then hopefully getting that information and then kind of seeing what decisions I can derive from the, that, that information.
0: You know, people forget this, and I'm sure you remember it well. The Kroger originally had the plan to move across the street mm-hmm. where there's now kind of a vacant spot in that uh, that shopping center where, there, where, you, where you find, uh, you know, right across from Aliceville Road, of Aliceville Road from where they are now in that little shopping area. And uh, what happened then is, of course, Kroger started to get concerned because companies like Amazon were threatening to come into the grocery business. They were worried about their business model, and they had to pull back. And that is still a vacant area. And I know that I'm talking to the mayor. He's waiting for the right opportunity there. Of course, Metazoa was supposed to go in there at 116th and Allisonville. They made the decision to, to pull up. But that's still a, – a, that's going to be a roundabout soon as well. I was mm-hmm. at a meeting recently about uh, plans for that. And the city is going to use some of that property to uh, build the roundabout. But there there are some areas right around 116th and Allisonville which are, are ripe for development.
1: So how, so what you're saying is you're waiting for the study to see where you think this should yeah, go. Yeah, I think – you know, Let's let's see what the, these individual stakeholders and what they bring to the table, and, and start really start that conversation, and hopefully have you know council engage and say okay, you know as a council, here's what we want to do, and certainly the mayor and his team will be in with their input. Um, I think it's just it's going to be a, a group effort. The city council going on to something else, passed on first
0: reading proposals to lower the governance rules for new HOAs, and I want to underline the word new because there's yeah. a lot of misconception out there for new HOAs formed in the city this would change covenants to allow changes in those covenants with a majority vote of the homeowners a lot of the uh, current uh, hoa uh, covenants and agreements and bylaws call for a 75% vote to get anything passed a few are around 67% when that went before the council for first reading that was at that meeting and it uh, there didn't appear to be any uh, dissent that you were w- willing to move forward and take a look at that well i went to the plan commission public hearing And there was some opposition, mostly from the Builders Association of Greater Indianapolis, also known as Mm Baggy, And uh, they had concerns about it. Also, some developers appeared to be opposed, saying that there were some unforeseen circumstances that could come from this. It might not be beneficial for the area. So the Plan Commission, after hearing that, decided to postpone a vote. And and get some stakeholder comments and and roll those up through the staff. Uh, now, I'm just curious after what
1: you have seen so far, where, where do you stand on this idea? Where do you think it yeah. stands now? Yeah, you know, that's and again, I, I'm I try to look at really kind of where I live. I live in Windermere, and it's so tough to get people to show up to and vote for different issues. So you end up having to have meetings that aren't probably in in accordance with your bylaws. I. I I don't see that being an issue, having, you know, a majority of of, of, of residents to be able to vote on certain things. You know, I, if I could see maybe there'd be an issue of maybe it was a very small development and you only had, you know, maybe 12 houses and you got seven people, you know, I, again, I, don't, I it, that could be an issue there. But, yeah, I I heard from a couple of developers saying they weren't in favor, and I, I really question it because really – once the once they turn over the HOA, the developers are gone anyway. I don't know what they're concerned about, but I'd be interested to hear it. Um, interested to hear what they have to say. But I don't. I'm I'm comfortable with it as it stands right now. At least, I mean, and I think my fellow council members are are, are fairly comfortable as well.
0: Well, Councilman Reamer is the one who's uh, pushed this idea, and he was at the the plan commission and spoke there as well. What seemed to be. I seem to be hearing from uh, the baggy and the developers that they were worried that this was going to impact bank financing and uh, and risk the developers are going to have. They weren't specific about that, but that seemed to be their argument. So you're interested to hear more. That was – you're looking at me like you're wondering why,
1: but that is the argument they're making. Are are they – I guess my question, would they be concerned that maybe, you know, they turn over the HOA prior to them having the full development completed – and having that construction financing in place maybe on those lots it that's um, interesting to, to hear that. I mean it's it's a, it's a very interesting angle. I mean to me, the HOA gets turned over when they're done and and uh, I think
0: it was Todd Zimmerman that made the point at the city council meeting that only six percent of the land, in Fishers is available to be developed now, most of it in the northeast part of town. And uh, so this would only apply to those new HOAs that are being formed. It's very few, very few. And I brought up in a meeting there's, you know, some bus has no HOA. You know, I that was my first home. My wife and I had in Sunblast and I was shocked because what little HOA there is there is, is almost non-existent. Yeah, I yeah. mean that uh, sometimes people would pool money together to build a sign, but you had to ask for donations. There was no, there really wasn't an HOA as we envision that mm-hmm. today. So, yeah. uh, well, so you're at this point, you're going to
1: wait and see how. Yeah, the, but I'm comfortable the with what goes. we presented in first reading.
0: Good, good. Uh, On to something else. City Council has had a nonprofit committee for the past few years. The job of that committee was to decide which nonprofit groups are funded by the city based on the applications and how much each of those organizations would get based on the money available in the budget. Well, there's now a proposal to do away with that committee and have uh, the nonprofit support continue but be a part of the mayor's budget proposal. Again, the council still has final say on that. Um, When you had the last discussion on this, it appeared to me that, and you, I think, made the comment that the council is divided on this, and it's mm-hmm. not necessarily party lines. It's really just a not philosophy. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a different philosophy of this. Some people say, "Hey, it's the council's job to do this, and we shouldn't be handing this over to the mayor." But some say it's too political. I'm tired of the pressure I'm getting. I think it's time to, to do away with
1: that. Uh, where are you standing on this right now? Yeah, that's an area because I feel either way. I'm going to have a I'm going to have a say regardless. Um, um, whether because whatever came from the not for profit committee would come before the council for the final vote, because I ultimately had to say so. Same thing if it were to go to the mayor for, for them to consider, have, a, you know, have his team to consider what we want to do. Well, it's going to come before us in the budget finance committee meeting, and, and we can tweak it then. So either way, I feel it's going to work. Um, you know, I, I will tell you what happened to me last year. Um, I had one of my former audit clients call me up and ask me, hey, put in a good word for me for the not-for-profit committee. And uh, it really upset me. Um, You know, I really want want you you – it wasn't wasn't a a direct push, but certainly it was a gentle nudge. And I don't like getting getting that type of questions asked me, like do me a favor. Um, It sounds like you're not the only one based on what I heard at the council meeting. Yeah. And it's just – I, I, you know, I want to serve, you know, not-for-profits predominantly in the Fishers community and and have an impact on our Fishers community, um, and I want to make sure that we do it in a thoughtful way. Either way will work because it's going to go through the council one way or the other. Um, I was just thinking more in the lines: that just takes the politics out of it to let the mayor. Here's 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 where we're going with it, and then we get in budget finance. We can say, hey, look, what about this? What about that? And then ultimately. The council votes on it anyway. We're going to vote on one way or the other. It's going to come to the same end game regardless. Of course, you're on the finance committee, so that would still well, again, be in I, the middle. Well, again, I'm of it. very careful in budget finance to make recommendations. I don't vote. I make Correct. recommendations Correct. To, to approve. The council only approves it. There's no reason in a council meeting during a council saying no. I want to do this or I want to do that. And, and actually, in the budget process, if you recall, every council member is welcome. Every council member is welcome to come to any. Meeting that we have, but I actually welcome them to participate. We had an actual budget hearing, mm-hmm. and those that want to participate, they showed up, and we allowed them to ask questions of department heads and the mayor. And it was probably one of the most—I tra- would say—probably a very transparent opportunity for us to really talk about the budget. And
0: there were plenty of questions. There, there were plenty were, of uh, questions posed at that meeting. Yeah. I was there, and I found it to be a very interesting uh, uh, way to do things. But you know, it does make a difference as to where you start. You know, I mean, Mm. you start with a a proposal from the nonprofit committee, which is part of the council, or you react to what the mayor is putting forth, and he's done the evaluation on it. But I want to ask this another way, if I can, because if you look at other cities, suburban cities, the size of Fishers, we best comparison would be Carmel puts a lot more money into its nonprofits. Fishers does put some in, and it's a much lower amount. Now, some people think the city shouldn't be doing this at all and other people think we're not doing nearly enough which of course is the normal political question but do you think that Fisher's in recent years has put in the right amount of money in the nonprofits should we increase it should we do away with it as some people think how how are you uh,
1: well certainly I'm in favor of doing something Mm -hmm. Um, you know and and certainly comparing us to karma well karma has a whole heck of a lot more money coming their way than we do you know we we've we've had to make omelets of that eggs on a couple of occasions as a as a community just because of of how they're structured financially with their debt so um it's it's a it's a it's a comparison you want to make but I don't think it's a it's it's not we're not comparing apples to apples um, because they have a lot more money coming into their coffers than we do um but, but I think it from, as, as a city, I think we're doing a, a good job of, of what we want to do. And, again, the, the council decides that, that dollar amount. Again, we, we come to the same end result. It's just, you know, how do we start? How do we get there? But I, I think there's still a lot of opportunity to weigh in if we want to, regardless. Wait, I started the conversation off with development. I'm going to come back to
0: it because if you look at 2022, Fishers had quite a year in development, well over – $1 billion, it's a B, $1 billion of development uh, that was announced for the city. One big part of that expansion is an expansion of Fisher's District. Fisher's District is a very busy place now. Finding a parking place is the biggest challenge. The restaurants there and other retailers are, are doing very well in that area around Ikea. Well, now that's going to be expanded, and Thompson Thrift has uh, unveiled that plan. And part of that whole uh, complex will be an event center it's going to seat anywhere between 6500 and 8500 people depending on the event some events will, how you see people and that kind of thing uh this um event center is a city project and the the mayor did present a financing package The council did approve that uh you've had a, a major worldwide company who's been hired to book the events uh, for that center um I guess the question to you, when you look back at what happened, and there, there's a lot more, Andretti's headquarters, I could. there's a whole long list of, of uh, developments that were announced in 2022. And I asked Megan Bumgartner this as the head of economic development said, for the city. I said, is there any way you can equal or exceed 2022 in 23? And she said, <laughs> well, we're going to try. Um it's going to be a, a heavy lift to do that. What what do you think? Is there any way that the city can
1: continue on this track of major developments? Well, I think there's always going to be development opportunities for us as we move forward. And and I'm not so concerned about the size. I'm more concerned about the quality. You know, if we don't do a, another billion this year, it's not going to break my heart. I'm more concerned about being more qualitative about those developments and doing things and hopefully being able to do things without tremendous incentives from the city to get them done. Um, I think we've proved our concept um, and what we do. So I'm, I'm not so current concerned about meeting or exceeding what we did in 2022. It was an exceptional year. Scott and his team did a great job. The council did a great job coming together, you know, with bipartisan support on what we're doing, which is great. Um, I just look at now as, okay, now, you know, let's, you know, It's great to have these big opportunities come our way, but I also want to look at the qualitativeness of that opportunity. Is it really something that's going to bring you know, better jobs, better lifestyles for us, better opportunities, better amenities? That's what I'm going to be looking at in 2023, at least for, through my eyes, um, in this next year.
0: Well, um, I guess the one thing I would ask, uh, just, just to dovetail on that, I have always found that uh, – one uh, tool that is used by the city of Fishers, a number of other cities, tax increment financing. Mm-hmm. It's part of some of the projects you, you talked about. Yet at the state house, there have been a lot of um, discussions among state lawmakers about making major changes to that, and that is one of the major economic development tools used by cities and other localities. You know, however, you want to come down on it. I mean, that is still a major tool. And if the state were to take that away or mess with that in a way, it would be less useful to you. Would the state need to come up with some other incentive? Because you're not just competing with uh, cities and towns in Indiana. You're you're talking about people across the country and. Mm-hmm. A few instances around the world you're competing with. How do you? Is is competition going to get tough, and how will the state be able to back you on
1: this? Yeah, and that's certainly something we have to really be aware of. of. If they do change how we use TIFF as an economic development tool, that will have an impact on us, and it could, you know, not so much. You know, it may level the playing field for everybody around us here in Indiana, but it's also going to let, let the, these companies going to look. They always look for the best. You know, you know, look at a combination, but the economics of it make them. They may be going elsewhere for those opportunities, Um, and we need to be cognizant of that. And you know, the state legislator legislators doing what they do. I know a lot of folks in other areas. They look at Fishers as kind of the, you know, you know, we're doing all this stuff, and you know, we can't, we don't do it, so why should you? And Mm -hmm. I'm certainly there's some, you know, hopefully nothing happens to that, but we'll we'll have to. Hopefully there'll be another incentive or another you know, tool we can put in our, our club, we can put in our bag to do this. Yeah, I moved to Fisher's in 1991, and
0: I cannot remember a local election, city election or a town election in those days, where only one office was contested in the Republican primary. Yet that's what we have today, only the city clerk. Yeah, and That's the only office where there is a contested Republican primary for the Fisher's municipal election coming up. What if anything does that say about the state of, of local politics?
1: Well, I think from, from at least from the, the the Republican caucus, or at least from, from my perspective as a Republican, I think people seem to be they like the direction of the city. They like where we're heading, like what we're doing. Um, certainly I always I always say there's two rules in politics. If I'm not, you know, someone's gonna be ticked off at me no matter what I do or don't do. And if I'm the smartest guy in the room, I get really worried. Those are my two rules in politics, <laughs> and um, but, but but you know, majority of folks, the people I walk and talk to and ask about our community, they they seem very excited about what we're doing. Um, they seem very positive about where we're going. I mean, I you know, I'm, there's a gentleman here in my building, and you know, he he goes, "Aren't you aren't you city councilor?" Here? And he he works at a different. He goes, he told me, he said, "Don't let the naysayers tell you." not to do stuff. You guys are doing a great job and I really love living here. And I hear that nine times out of 10 and uh, you know, and, and folks that, that I just don't have you know, the last municipal election was a little bit different because we had a lot more, you know, controversy because it was you know we're converting the, the rail into the trail and we had a lot of folks that wanted to save the train and now the trail's in place and people people love it. I mean I just you know people are, are really excited about what's going on in Fishers and really enjoy being you know seeing what's happening. Were you surprised
0: that Councilman Deriver changed his mind and decided to run for re-election?
1: Um, was I surprised? <sighs> yes and no. I know it was, you know, he was not wanting to run again, but, you know, he told me that it was the residents of of Britain Falls that, you know, pretty much, you know, asked him, please run again. So. Well, I know he was very
0: adamant at the beginning of the filing time that he was not running, and he made it very clear to me, and he completely changed his mind. He gave me the same reason you received, which is, you know, I just had too many people tell me that I. I wanted that they wanted me to run again and 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 uh you know I, I'm not a young person neither is he so I, if I was <laughs> at my age I'm not sure I'd want to run for re-election if I was on a council so he's he I got to give him credit for that he he took the, the the responsibility of of running for another term and of course you were also running for another term of course mm-hmm. we'll deal with that at election time there is no uh primary election as I said for any uh any uh, office but city clerk you mentioned something else, and I, I do want to ask about this because you have two Democrats on the council that 's only happened in the last few years mm-hmm. and uh, there have been some issues where there have been some differences amongst the two parties. but what I have found is is that there are so many issues where you are together, mm-hmm. and there is no controversy and you said you you 've had bipartisan votes where one or, or, or both of the Democrats are with you on some of these projects so uh, to me, that says a lot. That speaks pretty loudly to the
1: entire community when you have both parties in favor of something. Mm-hmm. It does. It does. And and uh, you know, certainly, I mean, I've had my differences with my Democratic council members and my Republican council members. We've, we've not necessarily always agreed, and that's okay. That's what a that's what a council is. Where you don't get nine yeses every single time. It just doesn't work that way. Sometimes it's five to four. Sometimes it's four to five. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. So it just, you know, I don't think things get voted on party line. Things get voted on, you know, what are the issues and does it make sense? And uh, if we like it, we'll vote for it. If we don't, we don't. I live very close to the intersection of 141st Street and
0: State Road 37. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's just say I hear from a lot of my neighbors. But you do. This is now, as in case you don't live in that area and don't know, It's now a right in, right out for east-west traffic on 141st Street. Now the city insists, emphasizes this is a temporary solution. Just for some background, bids were submitted last spring, about this time last year. But when they came in, uh, I think the the term I heard most often from city staff, and even though contractors put in. Uh, Bids—they were just not serious. Those were the two words I heard most often by people on the city staff, both in the uh, in the the people who work in, in the money side and the engineering side. Now, the idea was to rebuild that. Uh, intersection or interchange, much the same design as we have now for 126th and 131st Streets. have a roundabout and an underpass for 37, so 37 traffic uh, can move unhindered through, f- through Fishers that way. My understanding is from the engineering department that there will be a rebid for that roundabout project in August. Um, how optimistic are you if the bids are going to come in
1: closer to the budget this time, or do you have a feel for that? You know that's a great question. I' you know I know our engineering team has done some things to to save some costs and be a little more cost effective in what we're doing right re- trying to rethink it as much as they can. I, and I know you know and, and I know other councils asked for a budget for it what's the budget what's what, what we and the trouble is you know right now I mean you look at all the construction projects around town. none of them are getting done. Go downtown to uh, you know the 65 and 70 interchange downtown, way behind. 69's way behind. Um, these construction companies are doing road constructions are way behind. So yeah, they gave out a bid, not being serious, <coughs> excuse me, and just hoping we'd take that large bid so it'd be a very profitable, profitable project for them. And unfortunately we have to be careful about you know, we want to make sure it's a cost-effective project as best we can, but I don't want to put all my – say this is what we think it's going to be and they're going to jump on it and saying what's – because exactly. it's kind of like playing poker with all your card cards up – played up – so you know, everyone knows what cards you have when you play poker. Um, and that's why we're waiting until August to make that bid just because hopefully a lot of these construction projects will be winding down. They'll be a little more – have a little more of an appetite for the project and be more cost effective. It's going to be expensive. It's just going to – I know it's going to be expensive. I mean construction – I mean getting material, getting labor – um, has been very challenging through the last three or four years, and you know, you can you know, the, the pandemic is probably part of that issue, but also, I mean, just they have a lot of projects that they're still working on that they don't have done yet, and they're gonna, they're gonna be very, um, you know, very, very bullish on pricing right now. I was uh, talking to Mark Herbrand
0: the other day, county commissioner, and um, of course, the county's having the same issue, but his point was, and this is something that we tend to forget, so it happened about a year or two ago. The Congress passed a huge infrastructure oh, yeah. bill, gigantic, the biggest infrastructure bill probably in my lifetime, almost since the inter, probably since the interstate highway system was, was approved years ago. So that's going to be another challenge for everybody. I don't mm-hmm. care if you're in the private sector or you're in government. Finding contractors to do your work as the states are getting this influx of money, my understanding is they're going to be spending most of it. Um, so that the contractors are going to be busy uh, for a while because that money is just not beginning to flow into the mm-hmm. state,
1: so one more complication, right? Absolutely. and yeah it's 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 a great you know great to bring in infrastructure, but us trying to do local projects become more challenging.
0: as we wind down the podcast, uh, any thoughts of what you look at in the year ahead,
1: biggest opportunities and uh, challenges for the city. Well, certainly, from an opportunistic perspective, is continue to, to deliver, you know, state of the art services for our, our residents. You know, really boils down to, for me, the, the, for me, the opportunity is really trying to provide good constituent services. You're really trying to address <coughs> um, residents' needs from from a traffic perspective. From where I've got you know neighborhoods that are, you know, wanting the roads redone and trying to work with you know us our, our team to try and implement anything we can. Um, to me that's the thing infrastructure public safety those are two big things i look at economic development's great <clears throat> you know am i in the middle of that no i'm a city councilor. I'm, I'm on the you know I'm, i take care of the budget i take care of those things i will vote for a project but you know scott and his team having that check and balance in place where we're you know we are you know kind of that that balance that can make sure that that you know he continues to do what he should do but also we deliver it in a fiscally responsible way. Um, but, you know, every year, I mean, I know Scott doesn't let any grass grow under his feet as a mayor and his team doesn't. They're always doing something. There will always be something for us to take a look at and opportunities for us. Um, I still want to continue to just bring those good good opportunities to our, our community, but also deliver, you know, roads, public safety, good infrastructure. to, And that's that's the biggest complaint I get from residents that are in my district. You know, John Weingart,
0: president of the of the Fisher City Council again, and uh, you'll be for that uh, in that seat for the year of twenty twenty three. Always good to talk to you, John. Thanks for your time. Thank you.